on Giddy Up. It's time for the Midweek Masterclass with the Mailbag Team. Amabe Bloodstock have been busy over the last week or so, of course, trying to find their next champion at the Magic Millions sale. And uh, Jack Dickens and Shane Curlio, what a twosome they've been over the last seven or eight days. They join me now here on Giddy Up in the Midweek Masterclass, thanks to Mailbag Bloodstock. G'day to you, Dicko. Good morning, G. How are you going? I'm very well, and g'day to you, Curlio. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, did you enjoy your time on the Gold Coast, first of all, Dicko, and um, were you pretty happy with the purchases? Yeah, in, in the end, I think we've done a really, really, really good job. It was a grinding sort of uh, back end of the week, but um, really happy with how we ended up. Um, Learned so much and uh, worked on my core via just, you know, standing next to Shane for seven days and just... <laughs> Yes. uncontrollably laughing. And, and Curly, how did you um, enjoy the experience? You seem to be doing everything, whether it's um, with your media commitments, talking about your chave, um, talking to Alan Andres, or trying to find a bargain or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a good week, Gareth. I've been busy, but that's how I like to operate, like to keep busy. I also managed to squeeze some time into uh, – have a look at some of the content from SEN too. And I always thought the person that would say the stupidest thing on SEN would be a, a two-horse race between Wayne Hawks and Jack Dickens. And, but, geez, they're off to a flyer early in 2023 with some of the stuff I've read this morning. Yes. Well, give us an example then, Curlio. Um, Jack Dickens carrying on about mental, about the mental way to approach being a punter when races are called off. I nearly <laughs> fell off my chair this morning when I read that. <laughs> like, like it was windy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. that was a bit of carry on and jockeys being able to back their own horses. Um, yes. I, I'm still wiping the tears out of my eyes from listening to that. That was uh, a couple of horrible takes there, guys. Okay. So you're not a fan on jockeys punting on themselves. Some of the no, drivers around the world. Or Jack, actually. Hey, yeah. more, more not a fan of Wayne and Jack and their comments and their comments, but as if jockeys can bet on their own horses, that's just ridiculous. Why not? Give us an example why they couldn't. Well, because we're all going to back, um, let's say, for an example, hypothetically, yep. that Ollie's back the horse that he's riding, and what are the other jockeys going to do? Um, try and ride to like, win, I would imagine. So much, so many integrity issues. Yeah. One, I, for, you today, one for you today, pal, you ride that winner. We'll yes. not try on ours. I, I, oh, mate, can you back this for me? Come I on. said that to Winksy as well. That there's too many grey areas. It'll never happen. Um, but man, if you, but if a jockey was betting on themselves, you'd want to know anyway, but... Um, yeah, it's too hard for the the want to know. yeah the 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 stewards to police. I would imagine. Um, Curly, what did you? What are you? What's your take on the since you're on this um, since you're in this type of move? What's your take on the Cox Plate moving to the end of November? The proposed move. Um, well, the only thing I did, Gareth, was sit here and think: Would I bet on it? The answer is yes. Correct. Would I still? <laughs> would I still attend if it's? Uh, would still attend? Yes. So does it matter? No. No. Couldn't care. Dicko? I'll be going and I'll be either going or betting on it whenever it's on. Yeah, I, I, I sit I sit in the same corner as Shane. Look, just let us know what's going on and we'll yep. we'll adjust accordingly. All right, then midweek masterclass will be interesting because we've got a pretty handy midweek race meeting on Thursday on the Gold Coast Curlio. Um it rained heavily yesterday. So have it has it changed your mind with the horses that you wanted to back? before Saturday, heading into Thursday now? Yeah, for sure. I got um, the Uber driver dropped me off at the sales complex yesterday in the wrong yep. spot. I had to cross a knee-deep river in the <laughs> car park. 
um, and got saturated. Now, this morning, uh, I'm still at the coast. The dark clouds are looming. It's sort of that weather where it's so steamy and muggy and hot that it, like, it could drop another 20 mil, 10 mil on the track. It's just the way the weather is. I'm going to do absolutely nothing until race day, Gareth. Um, who knows what we're going to get into. I think you had, like, uh, Navesh on the radio. Yeah at some point this week saying how the forecast looks fine. He hung up the phone and 20 mils dropped. Yeah, he's not having, he's not having yeah. too much luck with the bomb, is he, at the moment? No, he's, he's not. not getting along with the bomb. He probably needs to get a subscription to jamebun.com or something. Yeah, I don't know if Look she's necessarily angle. right all the time either, um, Jane. It's just been it's been a difficult period with El Nino, with the weather. Oh, here um, we go. Yeah, with the, with the people trying to predict the weather, yeah. Dicko. It's caused hay- uh, mayhem. Yeah, but like, what are we going to do? We've probably just got to invest money in trucks that can handle the mayhem that seems to happen more often than not in this country. Yeah. What about um, from a punting perspective at Sandown tomorrow, Dicko? Yeah, nice meeting on the hillside. The rail's out 12 metres, which can sort of throw off a bit of a pattern. Um, I'm going to back two horses that I think will, will yep. start shorter, shorter than they are now. Gee, do you want me to rip into them? That'd be, yes, thank you. Race six, number seven, Pacific Ruby. It's first up off some nice trials. Uh, J Car rides. I like the form from his previous preparation. Uh, it's drawn a little bit tricky from nine. I think they might go backwards, but J Car, she'll handle it. I, I think the race is pretty thin outside of that. We'll have 100 on that, please, G. And then race seven. I really like this horse. I think it's a good race, but um, and there's a, there's a few sneaky operations here. We need to watch the market, but I'm keen to back race seven, number six, Benedetta for Jason Warren and D Stackhouse. Uh, lightly raced on the up. Love the win last start. Think he can sort of settle midfield from barrier eight and be very, very hard to beat. All right, then. So race six, number seven, $100 the win. Race seven, number six at Sandown on a Wednesday afternoon, $100 the win there with your two um, bets on the hillside track. And just having a look at the odds for those gallopers with bet 365 Pacific Ruby and get $2.50 in the Cole McKenna colors and race seven horse number six, um, better debtor. You get $3.20. So both $100 win plays there for our man, Jack Dickens. Curly, are you heading to Ipswich on a Wednesday afternoon? Yeah. What a pleasure that'll be. Um, <laughs> It's a tough. It's a tough meeting, Gareth. The rail's at ten metres at Ipswich. Uh, track's currently on a, a good track, so um, sort of tempo related. If the, if the on-speed runners do get the you know do get the race run to suit, they'll be hard to run past. The only one I could find uh, early, and again, there's no prices available. Um, let me just yeah, fresh my page here. Yeah. Uh, it's actually at first emergency at the minute, but I think it'll get a run. Some some of the key rivals are drawn wide and probably may not partake. Race four, number 12, so you knew Tony Gowan, Ben Thompson. Gets to the uh, the uh, time-honoured 2,210 staying trip at Ipswich, uh, fourth up. Did find the line very strongly off a bit of a slow tempo that just wasn't suited last time and uh, behind a, you know, a couple of reasonable horses before that uh, was beaten by Van Nuez who's won a few and Antino who was a very, very good winner a couple of weeks back in Brisbane in Saturday grade um, this is a bit of a dropping class and uh, I think it's uh, ready to win so that's uh, race for number 12 so you knew 
Uh, just check scratchings in the morning, though, Gareth. So $100 dollars the win? $200 the win in a very tricky meeting at Ipswich. Yeah. Hey, Dick, I guess what I happened to me when I was on the Gold Coast, and it was one of the most interesting and intriguing experiences that I've had for quite some time. I met Mrs. Curlio and knocked me over. Unbelievable. Um, you can understand why Curlio's got his his life on track and um, is doing so well because um, she's a beauty, the girl from Sonatan. He's done pretty well for himself. And uh, I think she's a valuable sort of uh, she, the yin to the yang, G. Correct. A L- little bit like yourself. Yes. We were heading... This was the best story. How 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 young's your your youngest boy there, Curlio? Uh, uh, he's uh, eleven. Well, yeah, we're heading back from a um, a function, and Curlio and Mrs. Curlio jumped in our car. And anyway, um, the phone rings about eleven thirty, quarter to twelve, and the youngster, the young Curlio, is ringing mum, and the first part of the phone calls is Daddy okay. <laughs> <laughs> The eleven-year-old's checking on his dad hasn't made a hasn't run a muck and got out of control. I said that is beautiful, unbelievable. You've He's done a well, Lord. So you got the eleven-year-old playing the father figure, Curlio. Yeah, he's just keeping an eye on things. Um, he's at home um, looking after the uh, the uh, trading that we do on the um, on the American Stock Exchange while I'm out partying. So he just wants to make sure I'm okay to protect so the numbers. You, do, you, do, you, do you work the stock exchange as well? Oh, we do everything here at Curly Bet. So you've really like um um the multi punter, he does that as well. Yeah, except he wins, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And um Alan Endres, <laughs> what horses did he find himself in? Yeah, not a good not one good enough for us to go in, Gareth. Um, oh, so you, you didn't have that partnership? No, we're no, working on yeah. it, G. Just haven't found the right horse yet. Rule number one, never force it. Okay. Um and this last question, this is coming through from Tom. What um, do you enjoy punting or being a bloodstock agent more, um, Dicko and, and Curlio? I love being able to switch between them and, and like, stay fresh, don't get bored. That's yeah. what I like about it. Curlio? I think both are intrinsically, intrinsically linked, Gareth. Um, the process on betting on one is, um, you know, you just follow the same processes for betting or buying. And, you know, obviously what we're doing with tried horses um, has been, you know, has been successful without sort of getting too carried away. We've, we've brought a lot of winners in the same way that we would have backed them, which is to bet on them. Um, you know, proof proof is yet to be, uh, you know, we were yet to be proven with the yearling purchases. Um, you know, obviously we're only halfway through the season and we haven't had uh, last year's purchases hit the track yet, but very close to and and we'll see um, if we can get similar results there. But it's very similar. It's just about process, and I enjoy I enjoy the process as much as anything. So enjoy doing both. Well, well done, lads. Thanks for entertaining, and thanks for joining us here on the Midweek Masterclass. Thanks to the mailbag. And, and Curly, I will give you a ring on Thursday morning and give us your best bets on the Gold Coast when you know the conditions. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't rain anymore. All right, good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Dicko. No worries. Jono at themailbag.com.au if you want to get involved. J-O-N-O. J-O-N-O. Yep. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Time for the midweek masterclass to head to Sydney in Perth right now. Hello to you, Mark Roden. Oh, good uh, Good morning, Gareth. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Good morning, Pete Anthonis. Yeah. Um, first of all, Mark, what are we doing from a punting perspective at Wyong on a Wednesday? Yeah, it's, 
it's not the greatest card of all time. Um, very much a provincial meeting, but there's a couple of races I'm interested in. Uh, the best bet's in race six. It's uh, number three, Dirty Merchant. Annabelle Nisham trained. Um, big winner at Canberra last start. Look, it did get the uh, benefit of a track bias that day. It was a leader's track and it did lead, but it did win very comfortably. The horse that ran third, Banco Bolano, came out and won by about five at Albury uh, last Tuesday as well. So the form's holding up. I think it lobs uh, in a beautiful spot. Uh, there's a couple of leaders here, probably CO Legion and Journalism. I think it just tracks them. Just looks uh, an ideal setup, to be honest. And anything above 280 looks a, a bet to me. Love it. So that's race three, number two. You're putting $200 a win or 150 uh, we'll say 150. It's race six, number three, Dirty Merchant. Oh, sorry, race six, and number three. And yeah, we'll yep. just use the. Uh, sorry, yeah, we'll just use the other 50. Of the bank in race three, number seven, Par Five, who was a well-backed favourite at Gosford first up just before Christmas, uh, drew barrier one and just got cluttered up. Never got out. Just went to the line under his own steam. Um, drawn, drawn a little bit more towards the middle with T. Clark on. I think he'll get a good run. There's a bit of city form with Vindication and Hamaki in this, but at around $657, and you've got to totally forgive that first uh, up run. I think par five is a bit of value, so I'll have the other 50 of the 200 bank on him. Love it. So race six, number three, Dirty Merchant, race three, number seven, par five. Now, they're about to move in for the first at Hamilton today. They're starting early because of the heat policy, and Cosmic Enigma is the tip here from our man, Benny. I said you can get about $4 now with bet three, six, five, Jared Fry takes the ride. That's Cosmic Enigma. They are moving to the gate. So we might have a play on that in the first there at Hamilton. Pete, they're racing at Belmont. I need to apologise to you because um, you're all right with um, the Buster to take out the Perth Cup. David Harrison trialled on that Monday and, uh, on a hot day and it didn't bother that horse. Um, he went away and just smashed him in the Perth Cup. So hopefully he had something on. Oh, yeah, definitely, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those where if you backed him in the first uh, edition of the Cup, you had to again. He just handles all conditions. If they go really quick up front, it seems to spare him even more. And, you know, if there was one crew, it was a 2,400. But um, I don't know if the rest of the field finished yet. No, that's a very good point you make. Um, he did have the run of the race, that horse. Um, but yeah. he, he's, he had the best turn of foot, and he showed that on um, Saturday. Whether he will measure up to... a like, I think he could be a country cup horse in, in Victoria. So he, he'll be looking for a new home, I think, shortly. Or um, David Harrison will be looking to sending him to a, a, an Eastern State trainer. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes across here. Yeah, uh, not bad for a 10K purchase, though. They've, uh, they've done very well out of the horse that was racing around in Jordan in the early days. But, uh, yeah, some of the, the figures overall that he's been able to produce off hot tempos, pretty much seemed competitive in quite a few places. It's pretty difficult for a horse to, to handle that genuine heat up front and then still keep going. So uh, he's got a bit of extra in the tank. What are we doing from a staking perspective at Belmont? Yeah, no markets just as yet. I'm looking at race three as the main opportunity. We've got English Bay, which has gone from Martin Allen's yard to Grant Alana Williams and has trialled pretty well uh, in some faster trials. So looking at English Bay, but I think the horse that should be favourite is the four and King's Wench. Just maps really well. It basically put away uh, Renato last start at Pinjarra. Renato came out and basically gave Winburn to a 1,000-metre race at Belmont last week. So I think King's Wench, barrier three, like the Romley on board, he can basically put the horse in the first four and really it just has to match what it did last time. It would be pretty hard to beat. With solid gold in the race, we might very well see that horse go up favourite. So that's what I'm hoping at this stage anyway. So looking to back the four, possibly save the seven. 
then. So, and that's race number three on the on the program. Yeah, only seven races here at Belmont. So, uh, late start if you're betting over East. Yeah, it's ridiculous that they're starting at about six o'clock in the East. So, Kings yeah, West, great. race three, number four, gives you time to sleep in. Um, oh, yeah. Are you having another bet on that card? That's all I've found so far, yeah. G. Uh, I've only done the first three races in, in full, and I just can't really see anything else no. that might be value at this stage. So we'll just wait and see what the market so Interesting set of trials at um, Belmont yesterday. Some nice two-year-olds going around. So their two-year-old season's going to heat up now from now on, basically, in the West with the Magic Millions two-year-old race not far away at, at Pinjara, I think, in less than a month. Well, yeah, it's got to have had some time of the year where they've got a little bit of a moment to shine. It sounds like the Cox Plate's going to be on Railway Stakes Day, so uh, Sayonara and all the Eastern State sources that might have been coming across to that, and, you know, they'll be worth uh, $17.5 million. I mean, honestly, what is going on these days? Like, yeah. Is there any general plan between racing nationwide, or are we just going to keep bickering like school kids until the whole Ponzi scheme collapses under its own weight? I mean, it just, it's complete ridiculous, isn't yeah, it? Like, I, I, mean, I agree. <laughs> Anyway, one, one day Gareth will be in charge. Racing's got a, like a six like six weeks it dominates. I think straight after the football season from the Guineas and it's the full stop on Champions Day. Um, exactly right. And look, the Cox Plate's got such a great history of horses coming out of the Cox Plate and running well in the Melbourne Cup. I mean, you know, even two years ago, very elegant, catapulted off the Cox Plate and ran enormous in the Melbourne Cup and basically ran a PB. So... And look, yeah, there's numerous examples of that happening. Um, you know, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. Look, Champions Day worked really well last year as a grand final as it is. Why do you want to keep pushing the boundaries? It's not as if Melbourne's weather was any better three weeks ago, so you can't use that as an argument. It's and terrible race, all year round. Yeah, and it's like it's not like going to the football when you head to the races. It's, it's an expensive day. The girls like to buy a dress. Um, um, you can buy some tickets and you head to the races. It's like you can't have it going on for 12 weeks because it's um, impossible to get to all of them or oh, you've got, exactly. you got to pick out a couple. So no, and I think as closer you get to Christmas, the more difficult it is for mine to, to really attract a crowd, especially for the racing game. So, but I could be wrong. Um, and it'd be a bold and brave move if they do it. It's still going to be passed by Mooney Valley, but it'll be fascinating to see how that unfolds. Hey, good on you lads. Thanks for that, um, Mark. And good on you, Pete. Good luck. Cheers, Gary. No worries, Gary.